So thou, O son of man, I have set thee a watchman unto the house of Israel. Therefore, thou shalt hear the word of my mouth and warn them from me. Have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. Coming to you from an undisclosed location in Middle Tennessee and examining current events from a biblical perspective, this is Bible News Radio with your hosts, Randall and Stacy Harp. Hey everybody, I want to welcome you to today's episode of Bible News Radio. There we go. Now it's on. Well, I thank you guys for joining us for today's show. I am your sweet and lovable host, and today we're going to talk about some conflicting reports. Yeah, we are. You know, one of the things that really annoys me is when there are things that are reported and they're sensationalized, but then you begin to read other reports of the same incident and there's some conflict. Just so you know. Yeah. I'm holding my anger in. Because, you know, I really don't like it when people lie. I really don't. Especially about other things and especially to advance a movement that's ungodly and called an abomination by God, just so you know. We're also going to talk about some of the latest news coming out of uh, the Carolinas as well as um, some Christian persecution news. Yep. Believe it or not, it's still happening. But there is hope, people. Yeah, there is. So I want to share this out here on Twitter. Welcome all you guys in there. Also, the Lord's Prayer is under attack, as you guys probably know. But then again, when is it not under attack? So I uh, saw my dad today. I'm just killing time so I can share this out on Facebook. (laughs) It's interesting when you're dealing with a population of people that have dementia. You know that? Okay, here we go. I'm going to shut that down. Yeah, I am. Hello, Steven. All right, I'm going to go ahead and share this on Facebook. Right there. Oh, wait. Yeah, technically it didn't go over three minutes, so I started it in the middle of the show. You probably didn't even notice. (laughs) Okay. All right. I'm going to go ahead and share that right here. Okay. Okay, everybody. So thank you for tuning in, assuming anybody lets you see the show. Thank you for watching the archive as well. Those of you... Hold on a second. I'm going to turn that down too. (laughs) Okay, we got a lot to cover during this hour. Tomorrow, I have a guest. My guest is Stephen Black. Mr. Black is on the show tomorrow from First Stones Ministries. And uh, he's going to be giving you the latest from uh, that world, uh, fighting the the um, the news media and uh, and those who like to say that homosexuals can't change. Uh, Stephen will be here again to share some of the latest results of his research. So be sure that you're with us tomorrow uh, because he Stephen always delivers a the, the thing with a punch. <laughs> yeah, he does. All right, so I want to start this show out talking about um, a couple of things. I'm going to get to the Lord's Prayer story probably near the end or the bottom of the hour. But I got to talk about this story that I came across over on Pink News because... 
when I read a story of a hate crime or something against the homosexual community, number one, I always look for the truth because, you know, I know that there's hate against everybody, right? I mean, the Christian persecution is way more rampant than persecution against gays, just so you know. But when I read a story that is sensationalized with headlines like this, gay couple attacked with petrol and die in a gas chamber graffiti, or the headline reads, uh, let's see here, gay couple had gasoline poured over them in homophobic attack, or couple have gasoline poured over them in vicious homophobic attack in Verona, um, uh, or... The other headline, which I'm still waiting for it to, to load, uh, says here, gasoline on the doorstep, comma, attack on the gay couple. And then I begin reading the different stories, you know, the different versions of the story. You know, some, the, something goes up in me because I've covered so many of these, these, uh, these stories. And if you actually just read the headline to these, as with any news article, actually, you know, but specifically with the homosexual media, um, often the actual event versus the headline is extremely different. Uh, in fact, my, uh, my friend uh, Darren actually left a, a comment on my Facebook page earlier uh, to an article titled, uh, gay, a gay journalist said this, LGBT media outlets use, quote, fake news to advance movement. And, you know, if if you have never watched our show, then you probably aren't aware of how much fake news there is out there. But that is true. It's completely true because in the world of the homosexual media, um, you cannot have anything bad ever said about any homosexual, lesbian, bisexual, transgendered, or a questioning or whatever type person. No bad news allowed. Unless it's news against them. And usually that's blown way out of proportion, which I think this story is. I'm going to start with the Pink News article that is titled, Gay Couple Attacked with Petrol and Die in a Gas Chamber. Graffiti. Now, the way that that's a bad headline, first of all, because uh, if you don't even read it, like if you don't read the whole thing, you you think that that this homosexual couple had gasoline poured all over them and then they died in a gas chamber, right? I mean, because the word graffiti doesn't like stand out a whole lot. But what's even sicker to me about this is the age difference between these two people. But I'm going to read this to you. This is from Pink News. It says a gay couple has had petrol thrown at them after unidentified attackers uh, daubed Nazi-inspired graffiti on their home. Uh, Angelo Amato and Andrea Gardoni, who live in Stalavena, I don't know if I'm saying any of these things right, but whatever. A small town near Verona, Italy, had swastikas spray-painted on the side of their home, along with anti-gay messages, including, we will put you all in the gas chambers. The attack took place amid a rising atmosphere of intolerance in the country, propelled by the recent entry of far-right party Northern League into a coalition government with the populist Five Star Movement. By the way, before I go on any further, I should say, 
and I shouldn't have to say this, but I will. I condemn any attack on anybody. Duh. Hello. Normal people do that. Normal people actually condemn hateful attacks on other people. My point in bringing this to you is, is there's a couple of points, but my point in bringing this to you is, number one, to show you the bias and how they do this, how they mislead, and also to point out something obvious that nobody even got. Anyway, it says here, last month, Northern League leader Matteo Salvini, who serves as a deputy Prime Minister, Interior Minister, called same-sex partners unnatural and vowed to keep all families heterosexual. Now, I haven't done any research yet to see what happened to Matteo uh, when he said that, but dollars and donuts, he was viciously attacked by the gay community as a result. Probably had a lot of harassing phone calls, probably, you know, was, his life was probably threatened, his property was probably vandalized, because uh, that's, that's what they do. The gay community does that, the activist gay community does. Anyway, it says here, the remark came after the country's families minister, Northern League politician Lorenzo Fontana, said gay families don't exist legally in Italy. When Amato, 59 years old, and Gardoni, 23 years old, heard noises outside last Wednesday, September 12th, they thought it was their cat trying to come back inside, according to Italian local news outlet La Arena. Gardoni opened the door to see an unidentified attacker pouring petrol on his doorstep. Seeing him, the perpetrator threw some of the toxic liquid at his face. The victim, feeling his eyes burning and fearing that he would go blind, went straight to the emergency room. He was discharged with a clean bill of health, but the incident has left the couple shaken. The messages left outside their home included one which read, Burn faggots. There... Car's tires were also slashed, and a swastika was emblazoned on the rear window. And by the way, there are pictures of this, but again, uh, it's, it's interesting to me. So one of the things though, that stood out to me in this particular piece about this was the age difference between the, the couple, the, the homosexual couple that apparently is, quote, married, unquote, uh, in where they live, even though marriages are apparently not like uh, recognized in that country, but somehow they're married. But there, there's a 36-year difference here between this man and this young man. And one of the reports that I read read that um, that they that the young man was 20 when he married this guy, who who was 56 at the time. So the young man is now 23. And the perverted old man is, is 59. So I don't know about you, but my question is, how come the media isn't covering that vast, almost two-generational uh, difference, you know, in, in age? You know, because it's pretty normal for older men to seduce younger men into this lifestyle. And it's pretty normal that uh, the, the older men, they go after what they call tenderloins, you know. People who are innocent in order to sodomize them without any risk of disease. I mean, that's that's basically how it's done in the homosexual community with older men preying on younger men. In fact, I I would venture to guess if we were to dig more and find out more, I would I would venture to guess that this older man probably preyed on this guy when he was a teenager. Uh, you know, because that's what man boy lovers do. Um, but let's look at the next article, though. And uh, point and read you a different version of the story because there's different uh, there's there's definitely a different version. I'm waiting for my computer to let me flip the screen. 
Okay, so the La Arena story. I don't think I gave you this one, Randall. No. But this one is actually the Italian paper. And the headline for this is gasoline on the doorstep attack on the gay couple. So that's quite different than having gasoline poured all over the gay couple, right? But so it says here, an intimidating act that could have far worse consequences between Wednesday and Thursday, Angelo Amato, 59 years old, and Andrea Gardoni, 23, married couple in Spain, already in the limelight in the news in August for an assault suffered in Piazza Bra, were in their home when they heard noises outside. The two live in a terraced uh, houses. Thinking it was their cat that wanted to go home, Gardoni opened the door and saw a person who poured liquid, which then turned out to be gasoline, at the door. The stranger threw the gas at him and then disappeared without setting fire. Uh, Verona Emergenza, Emergenza was also called on the spot more than anything else because of the young man's shock and the fact that he was suffering pain in one eye. The two also showed the homophobic inscriptions found outside the house and spoke of letters and threats. So, so uh, yeah, so there's that one. So this, this actually is interesting because this article actually um, shows the pictures, but the other ones don't. Um, and it shows a flat tire of the car um, and all that. And this one, we kind of get an idea that it was the young man who probably got some of the gas thrown at him and maybe got one drop or something like that in the eye. But now let's read this article over on out.com. Now, this is titled, Gay Couple Had Gasoline Poured Over Them in Homophobic Attack. So when, when I think of something being poured over somebody, you know, I think of a big thing, a vessel with liquid in it, literally poured over the top of their head and that they're drenched in it. That's what I think of, just so you know. So it says here, as Attitude reported, married couple Andrea Gardoni and Angelo Amato were attacked in Verona, where they now live last week. Apparently, the couple woke up after hearing noises outside. When Gardoni opened the door, someone poured gasoline over him before running away. So... Did they actually pour gasoline or did they like splash it? Because the other one suggested it was like thrown at them, which is quite different. It's actually quite different to actually, you know, like the way I've envisioned this is, okay, here's this creep who was doing this in the first place, pouring the gasoline. And then the guy woke up, opened the door and he threw it like that kind of, and then ran away. That's kind of how I picture it. Not like not how this is written. That, you know, all of a sudden, you know, he's pouring the gasoline and then, oh, wait, they opened. So he stepped up and they poured it all over him. That's kind of the picture that I get. Um, anyway, so uh, it says here in a statement, he said, at first, I didn't realize it was gasoline. All I could feel was the skin of my face, my eyes and my throat burning. The couple actually found three empty tanks of gas outside of their house. And the attacker reportedly painted swastikas on the wall and wrote Nazi slurs, including faggots burn and we will send you all to the gas chambers the couple was also attacked last year after a group of men insulted and slapped them so that's interesting that this couple apparently is, is insulted by a, a group of men all that of course we don't know the context of that but but that was kind of interesting so there's that and then in the last article about this as I'm waiting for my computer to let me um, change the page. Uh, 
this one's over on attitude.co.uk and the the title of the the article is couple have gasoline poured over them in vicious homophobic attack in verona andrea gardoni and angelo amato were also attacked by a group of men last year a couple have been attacked in a vicious homophobic assault for the second time andrea gardoni and angelo amato got married in spain three years ago and now live in verona but on thursday september 13th the couple woke up after hearing noises outside their home when they opened the door, Andrea saw a dark figure who poured gasoline over him before running away. He told the Post, At first I didn't realize it was gasoline. All I could feel was the skin of my face, my eyes, and my throat burning. The couple then found three empty tanks outside their door, and the attacker had reportedly painted swastikas on the wall, wrote Nazi slurs including faggots burn, and we will send you all to the gas chambers. This isn't the first attack the couple have experienced after they were in, they were insulted and slapped by a group of men last year. Gabriel Piazzoni, the National Secretary of Italian uh, LGBTI group Arc Gay, said it's a terrible aggression, unprecedented. We are witnessing a very serious increase in violence in which the homophobic and transphobic hatred takes on dramatic and absolutely alarming forms. The fascists are now out of control, legitimized by a policy that uses their own arguments and makes them strong. We ask the whole anti-fascist community of this country to take action. So that's kind of interesting. That's kind of interesting, too. Again, so basically, it sounds like, to me, there was somebody who decided they were going to graffiti these guys' house and the car, which I kind of find interesting. I don't know how they knew it was their car, but whatever. Um, and the couple initially thought it was their cat, which is so stereotypical of gay men couples, right? They all have cats. I don't get that. Poor cats. I don't know why cats are the you know predominant pet for homosexual couples, but whatever. Um, but the cat apparently is okay. Um, and so either the gasoline was poured all over them or it was thrown in their face. But either way... Uh, but just one of them, not both, apparently. Yeah, just one of them. And apparently it was like the youngest one, I guess. So the, the question is, what is the truth? And why is this in the media? And why was this particular couple with the really gross age difference, why was this couple like assaulted you know, and insulted last year. And who was it? Was it by other gay, gay men that did this? Or was it like actually, you know, I mean, there's these straight men there's, who slapped instead of punched. Yeah. I don't know. All I know is that it's, it's kind of, <laughs> I shouldn't say such things, but it does, it does seem odd for, it's if, if, if there's some, you know, burly man whose, whose masculinity is threatened by, you know, homosexuals and who's going to end, who's, you know, who's not man enough, who's not secure in his masculinity, he has to insult some homosexual, come and insult them. Doesn't seem like a type to slap. You know, someone who's insecure in their masculinity is going to try to come off as all macho as possible. And slapping somebody doesn't seem like, unless it's an Italian thing. I don't know. To, 
I don't know, but slap somebody. It really bothers me about the reporting of this because it's 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 a little bit sloppy. I, it, it's extremely sloppy, and nobody has mentioned the thirty-six year age difference between the older man and the young guy. Okay, sure. and the fact of the matter is, man boy love—that's what they call it. The North American Man Boy Love Association, sex before eight or it's too late. They advocate this type of behavior and predation, predation of of older men preying on younger men. And I, you know, the kid was 20 when he got married, barely old enough to be an adult, in my opinion. I mean, really, your your brain doesn't even fully develop until you're like 25. Um, so, I mean, I look, at, I look at the couple, I look at the picture, and I just, I really want to smack the, the older guy and just say, really, dude, what is your, your, what is your issue? Because this is totally inappropriate. Well, yeah. But, you know, if, if they're in the world, I expect the world to ha- behave like the world. I know. I just... However, mm. uh, you know, I don't know where you found the English version of the La Reina article. It, but... it, it actually translated it okay. from Italian into English. But I was, I was following along in the Italian as you're reading it. Not that I really speak Italian, but it's close enough. That would be news to me. But it's, <laughs> I've it's, known you a long time. But it, as one of the Romance languages, it's close enough to Spanish and French that you can you know, get the gist of it. Thank you for the hearts, people. Anyway. Thank you for watching over there on face, Facebook. I appreciate it. But yeah, the one from the strictly reporting, you know, this, the newspaper, the local newspaper, the one that isn't pink news or you know, some sort of, you know, um, editorial kind of paper. This just news. It was interesting. They reported these things and they said thrown at his face. And they said they spoke of letters and threats and, and they didn't, you know, they didn't go much into that. This is kind of the reportedly, and they seem to be a little more objective, the Italian paper. But what is interesting to me is, in especially in the pink news and the, the attitude, whatever, and the other more editorial pieces, it's not like, we need to bring these people to justice or this person to justice, whoever it is that attacked us. We yeah, there's need, none of that in there. No, it's we need to reform the country and we need to, you know, they're, whoever it was, we don't really care. They're emboldened by this government, and we need to shut this government speech down, is what we need to do. That's what's responsible That's for right. this. That's right, out of the playbook, too. Yeah, it's like, well, what about the person that actually poured the gasoline? And what about the person that's spray painting? They didn't. There didn't seem to be any interest in, well, where is in the, catching that person. Where is this news in regular media, though? It's only in homosexual media. It's not in... No, that's not true. It's in the Italian paper, the oh, local paper. Okay. All right. Well... Which was the one that seemed to be more objective and just reporting some facts yeah. and that the and this is what they used you know reportedly a lot this is what was reported this is what was reported yeah. and and the other ones use the you know you know headlines gas poured over them you know a vicious homophobic attack and whereas the you know the italian the local paper that just reported on the on just the local happenings was was a wasn't so inflammatory just like say a lot more objective and so it'll be interesting to see how this pans out 
Yeah, I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to save those guys' names in a Google News mm. alert, and I'm going to see when they come up again. Because just like Charlie Rogers, the lesbian who committed the fake hate crime against herself, and it got national news and major outcry here in America, um, you know, she not only did graffiti on her house, but she decided she was going to set something on fire as well. Mm-hmm. And also uh, cried out to the media, and the whole media was like in an outrage about it. And then she actually got, she took all her clothes off, ran naked across the lawn to her neighbor's house where her, where her elderly neighbor uh, was sitting at the bedside of her husband of numerous decades who was about ready to die. And Charlie Rogers disrupted that, that woman uh, in the early, early, early hours and then was later busted by the police and shown that she was a liar and had set the whole thing up. And, um, and, then, and, and then Charlie Rogers, on top of all that, decided she was going to skip uh, her, her uh, probation hearing and get out of going to jail, which eventually, she, fortunately, she ended up going to jail. But it's interesting to me that there's fire, and gas, graffiti, graffiti, all that stuff involved in these hate crimes against homosexuals. And I'm like... The ones that... Turn out the to ones be none. Yeah, and so like I just the ones that, I'm just call me skeptical. Yeah, the graffiti but, on the garage, and that turned out to be false report as well. Yeah, I just it bothers me. Yeah, again, because long ago I condemn any such yeah, because, sort of attack. Because, but this time, but there's record, been so many of these. But it's cried a, wolf things right. you know it's inflammatory reporting though because oh, it's, it's not accurate yeah. you know and again it makes it's it conflicting anyway they and, can't all be true and if you're following my series marketing of homosexuality to america note the association with nazism you know and, and that type of thing because that's what they're that's that's how the marketing goes it's like okay we're gonna go ahead and bunch you know bunch in anybody who opposes homosexuality, we're going to make them look like a Nazi, uh, you know, and, and just make them look evil and all this other stuff. And it's like, well, okay, so a guy who's 36 years older than his partner or his husband, there's nothing evil with that, really. Because that's pretty gross, in my opinion. And, and I would condemn that even if it was an older woman, uh, or, or or an older man with a younger woman. If if I saw an older man, like almost 40 years older than his his wife, I would be seriously going, okay, what is the issue here? And everybody and, else would too. Yeah, but because it's a boy or, you know, an alleged man, uh, you know, he's a little bit older so than a boy. two men can't touch that. It's no, a pr- pr- I just... Protected class. I just think that's... Call me a weirdo but i just think that's wrong okay so now let's get to the atheist group that is suing a west virginia city for reciting the lord's prayer at meetings so as my friend gordon klingenschmidt says the atheist complainers are at it again so it says here sign up uh okay blah blah okay blah blah okay there blah blah okay it says here council members of parks parkersburg west virginia hold hold a meeting a Wisconsin-based atheist organization has filed a lawsuit against a West Virginia city over the local government's practice of opening official meetings with reciting of the Lord's Prayer. The Freedom From Religion Foundation filed the suit on Tuesday against the city of Parkersburg in the U.S. District Court for the Southern District of West Virginia. In their complaint, 
FFRF stated that Parkersburg cannot open its city council meetings with the Lord's Prayer, nor can they encourage attendees to participate. The city council's uh, recitation of the Lord's Prayer has the primary effect of both advancing religion and expressing defendant's preference for Christianity above all other religions and non-religion. The city council members have coerced participation in religion by leading meetings attendees in the Lord's Prayer in intimidating non-participants. Yeah. Wait, hold on just a second. So, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Oh, wait, hold on. I'm an atheist. Oh, my gosh. I'm so scared right now. I'm, like, totally, like, freaking out because I'm hearing the Lord's Prayer, which is usually said in a soft way. Like, it's so intimidating to a non-person. It's like, oh, drives me crazy. Anyway, it says here, um, <clears throat> Uh, the suit was filed on behalf of two local residents, one who identifies as an atheist, the other as an agnostic atheist, who attended multiple meetings that felt unwelcome due to the prayer and the apparent expectation they, that they participate. Mayor Tom Joyce defended the practice that the prayer takes place before the meeting and no one is invited to rise and join. So, again, here you go. This is such false baloney. You have these people who, who get offended when they could easily get up and leave during the prayer or, you know, they could just read their phone or whatever it is heck they want to do. They don't have to be, but this is what they do. The Freedom From Religion Foundation is nothing but a hate group that bullies city councils and they target them. Usually what they do is, and they have a campaign. It's a specific campaign. They actually write a letter to these city councils and they threaten them with a lawsuit because, you know, most cities don't have the money or, and they don't want to take city attorney money you know, money from the, uh, from the city to fight these ridiculous accusations. And also a lot of the city councils today too, they actually include your atheist or your, your pagan witch or whoever it is, you know, that wants to give an opening, uh, you know, prayer or whatever it is at the beginning of a city council meeting. And it's just another way that this community likes to bully people rather than, than just deal with it grow a pair and deal with it, they go and file a lawsuit. And of course, in this case, I have to give kudos to, um, to the mayor, Mayor Tom Joyce, because you know what? He didn't back down from these bullies and that's exactly what they are. Um, you know, it just drives me crazy and yet it's yeah. nothing new. It happens all the time. So yeah, I was looking at uh, the local paper reporting on the Parkersburg News and Sentinel. Mm -hmm. It's and they uh, there's a couple quotes from the defendants. Uh, you know, the city hired uh, this attorney firm, and their response to the plaintiffs. There's two in here I want to read okay. that I think are, are really good. The plaintiffs. The the re, the defendants. Okay. And the response to the plaintiffs. The plaintiffs okay. will be the Freedom from Religion Foundation, whatever. The atheist complainers. The atheist complainers. Um, anyway, uh, a couple of things in response. Um, yeah, like this. He said, in short, the plaintiffs would only be satisfied if this court were to be hostile to religion, which is forbidden under the Constitution, the response says. They do not come to this court with a case or controversy, or controversy but rather with an agenda 
to divorce prayer, any prayer, from the function of government. And right. very astute response and you know observation. And one more, there's some, several good things in here, but this one stood out to me as others. While the plaintiffs allege in detail their internal feelings about the council's practice, they have not alleged any facts that could possibly demonstrate that the prayer is, quote, means to coerce or intimidate others, unquote. So apparently that's what the plaint, you know, the complaint, the plaintiff oh, yeah. says that it's a means to curse and intimidate others. It's like, and the defendant's response is, well, yeah, they, they allege in detail all their feelings about it, but they've not alleged any facts that could plausibly demonstrate that it's that at all. Well, if it's like some of the other people that have filed lawsuits, whether it's even with the gay community or this, the facts are, well... I have I have sleepless nights. I have post traumatic stress. I have uh, indigestion. I have diarrhea as a result. <laughs> My stomach is upset. I have severe migraine headaches. I have I mean seriously, there in some of these complaints, that's what they say that they suffered. The and, severe and I, emotional distress. And I will recover with four point five million dollars. That exactly. will <laughs> that will take care of all of my medical needs. It's, and I will be miraculously healed as soon as the settlement is because I'll have I'll have the money to go get what I want. Mm. Yeah, don't be don't do don't be deceived. Also, I don't know if I sent did I, did I send you the Oregon ad battle of atheist versus Hobby Lobby? No, you did not. Okay, so this is another one. This is um, this one was short. So this was over on OregonFaithReport.com, and it's titled Oregon ad battle atheist versus versus Hobby Lobby. The nature and narrative of, of America's religious history is being battled out with full-page ads in the state's large snoop newspaper. First, it was Hobby Lobby placing a full-page in the Oregonian on Independence Day. Uh, now this weekend, the Freedom From Religion Foundation used the upcoming Constitution Day, September 18th, which is today, by the way, as perfect timing to place a full-page ad in the Sunday Oregonian and Monday's Oregon. Oregonian entitled Celebrate Our Godless Constitution. <laughs> the ad also highlights the phrase In Reason We Trust and features six American founding father quotes that speak about their secular observations or their criticism of modern religions. So they quote Thomas Paine uh, and Benjamin Franklin and George Washington, John Adams, Thomas Jefferson, and James Madison. And, uh, and then they give quotes and then, um, and then the Hobby Lobby Independence Day ad starts out land of the free and home of the brave. Blessed is the nation whose God is Lord. Um, and then it gives some quotes there too. Uh, yeah. Anyway, so it's, it's, it's just just a contrasting worldview, uh, on that one. (laughs) It's kind of funny. Well, I guess Constitution Day was yesterday. Yeah, but for some and reason, I'm, it's 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 mentioned again today, and I don't I don't know why. All I know, I, I missed it. These, yeah, well, well, it shows how good you are doing media, then, doesn't it? Mm. All right. So, uh, if you're new to the show, I am Stacy Lynn Harp, your sweet and lovable host. Hey, by the way, I'm wearing my sweet and lovable shirt today. I don't know if you can see it. Probably not. Can you see that? Okay, now. Okay, that's my sweet and lovable <laughs> shirt. Uh, if anybody wants one, you can get one on my website. And you can walk around and have people read on your chest that you're sweet and lovable. 
just like me. Um, actually, I never thought about the double meaning of having sweet and lovable on top of my breast, but just saying, you know, now that you've thought that now. Uh, <clears throat> anyway, <laughs> I, uh, yeah, you, you can go to BibleNewsRadio.com and you can get it. You can actually get a Bible News Radio shirt. You can get cups. You can get sweet and lovable shirts. Uh, you can get, um, what's the other one I got? I have a, I love you in a non-gay way. You can get that one. You can get you can get a coffee cup that says "Sweet and Lovable" on it. You or can get one that says "Skateboard" or "Be Bold, Stand Up, and Underwear Go with God. or uh, uh, you can get one with my tagline: "Be Bold, Stand Up, and Go with God" because He loves you. Um, well, that part isn't on there because He loves you. That's not on there. But be be bold, stand up, go with God. That's on that's on a coffee cup too. You can get that too um, at our website. And you can sign up for our email list, which I encourage you to do because I send out email on Thursday. Uh, it's the day I do. And you can join our text message list if you want daily text messages from me. Uh, text the term Bible News to 33222. Just say, hey, you know, just say text Bible News to 33222. This is a text message service I, I uh, pay for. To send out those text messages to you. Of course, you can stop getting text messages messages at any time if you'd like. <clears throat> but I don't know why you would because, you know, if I got a text message from you, I'd be happy. I'd be like, ooh, this is what the topic is today. I'm going to be there. Um, so, yeah, anyway, so you can do that. And then um, if you want to become a pillar of the community, yeah, you do. Then that just means you donate once a month to us. And, um, and then we will put you, we'll give you a gift for doing that. Um, and if you want to join Legal Shield, by the way, I should, I should, um, tell you Legal Shield, um, is something everybody needs to get, um, for so many reasons. Um, I have a question. What if I was doing some sales training, just as an example. And I was trying to show my team how to sell Legal Shield, just as an example. And I decided that I was going to buy an undercover camera and record my interaction at said businesses I was going to go in. And I was going to see, you know, so I could take that video later and show it to my sales team and show them the great success I have at selling my product. Now, what if you were one of those businesses and you found out that the guy that was prospecting you to sell a product about legal services was actually breaking the law, or at least at the very least being unethical, by secretly recording you um, and then showing that video with you and your face and your business name to a group of people, like say over 30,000 people in one group on Facebook. Would you want to buy from that guy? Would you buy from me? I would think not. And yet, that is what one guy in Legal Shield has done. And I called him out on it today. And I asked him, I said, so my question for you is, um, how is this ethical? <laughs> Just because it's legal to record somebody in another state, you can, re as long as one person knows they're being recorded, and it's fine. Is it appropriate for you to be posting this video in a group? Well, it's he says it's a closed group. Well, but it's on Facebook. 
So I called the companies up, a couple of them. I screenshot the video and the conversation. And I talked to two business owners that he did this to, and they were both ticked off. Just saying. So I share that with you, just to let you know that if you work with me as a Legal Shield person, number one, I would never do that. Number two, you're going to get great training. In fact, uh, we have, you know, Vicki is our, is our uh, trainer <clears throat> and, um, and all that. And we're going to give you some good service, um, you know, with the product because the product actually pays for itself. And um, so you need to just know that, you know, everybody needs identity theft protection. It's rampant out there. I'm not going to, you know, spend a lot of time on this show talking about that again. But if it's something you've been thinking about, make sure you do it as soon as you can because, you know what, Christmas is coming. uh, And these people who steal and they do these unethical things, you're going to need to be protected. And and, and, and the fact that Legal Shield has over... um, over 83% retention rate with membership should tell you how good the product is and how good it works. I mean, honestly, there's no other direct sales company where you can actually um, get um, uh, unlimited legal advice for under $25 a month. Plus, you're well done and a whole bunch of other stuff. I mean, it's actually a steal. So if you have an extra $25 for Legal Shield a month, get it. It will definitely pay for itself. If you are somebody, you know, if you have an extra nine ninety five a month for identity theft protection, get it. Stop putting it off. Get it done because if you don't have it, it's going to cost you more when that situation comes up than if you actually had it now. And that's the truth. Um, it's totally the truth. I have to um, also say. Uh, that if you want to sell it and become an associate, now is a super good time to do it because they have just changed their compensation plan um, and made it way easier for you to earn bonuses. And, um, you know, and again, the training is, I mean, if you just need leadership training, you know, their, their corporate training is excellent. If you actually take time to go through it and you read everything and you follow up on everything, you can have a you can have this business starting at ninety nine dollars. That's all it costs, and plus twenty dollars for your your mobile prospecting app, which is what you want. So ninety nine dollars for to get in the door, and twenty dollars a month to run it. That's it. You can make that money back like that if you actually do the work and apply yourself. So, um, yeah, I mean, with one sale, you can actually make that back. So, so if you're interested in that, contact me. I will train you personally, and you'll get uh, you'll get your money back, and you'll have some money for Christmas that you won't have, and you'll be building your own business, which is totally cool. Uh, let's see. That's illegal to record without letting the other party know you're recording. Apparently, in Arizona, it's not. So each each state has different uh, different different laws. But my my beef was not only with the um, it them recording it, but them posting it in this group with 30,000 members uh, and all that. And both business owners I talked to were not happy when they found it out. So just saying. All right. Um, am I forgetting anything? Because I have one more story to cover. Yeah, you've got more than one more story to cover. Okay. But uh, you've... 
Oh, Ariel you, Ministries. You, as you can see, you've not you <laughs> mentioned Ariel Ministries. I have a really, I actually have a pretty bad headache right now, actually. Hmm. So, um, yeah, I've had it all, actually, since I woke up. Ariel Ministries. Well, why don't you do it, since you're over there. You're, you're the one clicking, so hmm. you, you go ahead and do that one. Sure. Okay. Uh, this program is brought to you in part by Ariel Ministries. You can find them online at ariel.org. That's A-R-I-E-L dot org. A wonderful source of biblical resources um, from a Messianic Jewish perspective. But that, to me, that's synonymous with biblical. <laughs> uh, when you look at the scholarly work of uh, Dr. Arnold Fruchtenbaum and others that are involved in that ministry, it's just solid biblical stuff. And right now, if you head on over to BibleNewsRadio.com, uh, you're not on our mailing list. Go ahead and click uh, the button at the top of any page. It says, get a free Messianic Bible study on the rapture of the church. Uh, click that. Give us um, your name and email address, and uh, we'll send to you for free that Messianic Bible study on the rapture of the church. Uh, for joining our email list, and there'll be a different uh, offer each month. For those of you already on our list, uh, that uh, should be available to you. Um, I believe that's in the, um, just like in the footer or something on the email, or somewhere in the body of the email, right? She's not listening. What'd you say? <laughs> I said, for those already on the email list, uh, oh, it's already—it's in the email. I already yeah, sent a, it out it's twice. It's in the body of the email, yeah. Yeah. But uh, also on our website, uh, BibleNewsRadio.com, if you head over to the resources page, you'll find uh, some recommended resources for growing in your faith and knowledge of the scriptures and the Messiah. Um, most of them, but not all of them, from uh, Ariel Ministries, some great stuff. I would really encourage you to check out Israel Betrayed, uh, starting, of course, with Volume 1, The History of Replacement Theology. Of course, Replacement Theology is uh, a false theology that tells that the Gentile church has replaced Israel, that God is through with that people and with that nation. But that's completely unbiblical if you know anything about, well, the Bible, if you just read it. It's plain to see that uh, God is not through with Israel. Yep. And uh, click the details button there, and that will take you to uh, the product site on Ariel's ministry um, page. And remember that you can save 20% on anything at any time over on Ariel.org when you use the coupon code Bible News. So check it out, peeps. Check it out. That's right. Check it out. Okay, and hi, hi to everybody. Thanks for coming in, Rex. No feet. And I will say hi to John and hi to uh, uh, Melanie and Mia and Dottie and Jeff. Thank you for coming in. And whoever else might be watching over there on Facebook. Hello. Thank you for coming in. Okay, so this last story is jihadists hijacked his Christian prison ministry. Um and a mom kicked him out. Now this chaplain is heading back in. Um, a Christian pastor whose prison ministry in South London was targeted by Muslims uh, has been reinstated after he was kicked out. Um, volunteer chaplain Paul Song had been sharing the gospel with inmates at Brixton pr prison since 1998, with many of them becoming Christians. 
But last year, Islamic militants attacked his classes and physically assaulted him and abused him because of his Christian faith. My classes were often disrupted, Pastor Song told the Mail on Sunday. At times, inmates openly spoke in the chapel in support of Islamic State and suicide bombers, and there was nothing I could do about it. They spoke with such hatred of Britain that it was frightening. He also said radical Muslims boasted about the murder of a man named Lee Rigby, who was killed by jihadis on a street in London. Pastor Song and his Bible classes came under intense pressure after a Muslim imam was appointed as a head chaplain in the prison back in 2015. By the way, this isn't unusual because Islam is recruiting in the prisons, in case you didn't know that. Pastor Song said the imam began scrutinizing the Christian material he used in his Bible classes, claiming it was, quote, too radical, unquote, and called his Christian views, quote, extreme, unquote. They are mainstream courses used by churches throughout the world, Pastor Song explained. The imam said he wanted to change the Christian domination within the prison. Of course he does. Pastor Song continued, The imam said, I couldn't use the chapel, so I held a prayer meeting in a cell, but the imam got to hear about it and was furious. He is very big, physically intimidating, and he kept urging me to just leave. I thought about it, but I also thought, why should I give in? Song said, Muslim gangs often threatened inmates to convert to Islam. <clears throat> After 19 years of ministry at, at the prison, Pastor Song was dismissed from the jail over claims that he called one inmate a terrorist and that he was spreading radical Christianity. I hope so. He knew that the imam was behind the false allegations, of course. Christian Concern worked on his behalf, and a petition to reinstate him was signed by over 40,000 people. Then his case was reviewed by government officials. The findings of the, the, of the review read... The decision to exclude Paul Song from HMB Brixton is not a reasonable one. Due, due process was not followed in line with PSI 42-2014 for the exclusion of an individual. I, therefore, recommend that Paul Song be reinstated as a volunteer chaplain at HMP Brixton. Pastor Song rejoiced over the decision to allow his ministry to continue. Thanks be to God for what he's done for me, for all the British Christians. Pastor Song said in a video posted by Christian Concern, My victory is not only my victory, it's a victory for all British Christians. I can't express how much great things God has done for me, not only for myself, but all our congregation, all these 43,000 people who gave petition for me to reinstate in the Brixton prison, he said. It's amazing and it's a blessing. That's why we love to go back to Brixton Prison again and to share the good news of the Lord Jesus, Pastor Song said. So there you go. Um, again, it's just another another bullying tactic by Islam and the imam in there. Hopefully the imam that's doing this will actually take time to read the Bible and get saved. Um, but uh, it's, it's good. I'm happy that 43,000 people, give or take, signed that petition in order to get him back reinstated. I think that's wonderful. So that is very important. <clears throat> they could be out there, and maybe there is, but I have yet to read a testimony of someone who converted to Islam, who was, who was you know, rationally persuaded, that, that thought through it and was, you know, intellectually persuaded to make that decision to whether from atheism to Islam from 
Christianity, Islam, from Buddhism to Islam or whatever, you know, from non-belief to Islamic belief, I have yet to hear or read the testimony of someone who was, you know, came to a decision, an intellectual decision to follow Islam instead of whatever viewpoint they held. True. More than likely, it's as it was said in this article about the the Muslim gangs threatening people to convert to Islam. I mean, that's the way it spread uh, in the beginning. Um, you know, you look back to the beginnings of Islam, and it was it's always been spread by the sword, and thereafter by by birth. When you if you're born into a Muslim family, you're Muslim. Yeah. And if you and if you leave it, then your family is threatened, or you know you're threatened, or yeah. And there know. there was actually reported I forgot who it was that reported it on a, one of my Facebook feeds. I saw that there was two Christians that were merciless. They were just killed a couple of days ago um, when uh, some Islamic terrorists decided to come on board. <clears throat> and basically told everybody to show us your ID, and the Muslims were told to, you know, to recite their their prayer thing, and the Christians, the two Christians that were there, they decided to die for Christ because they weren't going to. Um, <clears throat> so uh, I want to thank Stephen, uh, who sent me some stuff from uh, earlier today. I texted out my message to all you guys on my text message list. I didn't get anybody responding but Stephen. So Stephen wanted me to cover uh, some of the news coming out of North Carolina. Um, <clears throat> so this this was uh, over on WRAL.com. It's Wil Wilmington. Uh, it's titled Nightmare That Won't End. Storm Evacuees Can't Return Yet. And um, I'll just read it. It says here, Hundreds of people waited in long lines for water and other essentials Tuesday in Wilmington, still mostly cut off by high water days after Hurricane Florence unleashed epic floods and North Carolina's governor pleaded with more than 10,000 evacuees around the state not to return home yet. So, I mean, this is, this is horrible. So many people have, you know, they can't go back to their houses. I'm sure most of them are underwater. It says here the death toll, wrote, the death toll rather, rose um, to at least 35 in three states with 27 fatal fatalities in North Carolina as Florence's remnants went in two directions. Water flowed downstream toward the Carolina coast and storms moved through the northeast where flash floods hit New Hampshire and New York State. That's not good. North Carolina Governor Roy Cooper warned that the flooding set off by as much as three feet of rain from Florence is far from over and will get worse in places um, it says here, I know for many people this feels like a nightmare that just won't end. Addressing roughly 10,000 people who remain in shelters and countless more staying elsewhere, Cooper urged residents to stay put for now, particularly those from the hardest-hit coastal counties that include Wilmington near where Florence blew ashore on Friday. Um, roads remain treacherous, he said, and some are still being closed for the first time as rivers swelled by torrential rains inland drain toward the Atlantic. I know it was hard to leave home. It is even harder to wait and wonder whether you even have a home to go back to, Cooper said. In Wilmington population, 120,000 uh, workers began handing out supplies using a system that resembled a giant fast food drive through Drivers pulled up to a line of pallets, placed an order, and left without having to get out. 
a woman blew a whistle each time drivers were supposed to pull forward. Todd Treeman, Treeman, Tremaine. needed tarps to cover up spots where Florence's winds ripped shingles off his roof. The roof is leaping, messing up inside of the house, he said. Others got a case of bottled water or military MREs or field rations. An olive drab military forklift moved around huge pallets loaded with supplies. Brandon, somebody, struggled to stay composed as he described life post-Florence. No power for days, rotted meat in the freezer, no water or food, and just one bath in a week. It's been pretty bad, uh, said this guy who's 34 years old. Nearby, about 200 people lined up to buy 40-pound bags of ice as quickly as a rose as a Rose Ice and Coal Company could produce it. Supplies have been brought into the city by big military trucks and helicopters, which also have been used to pluck hundreds of desperate people from atop homes and other structures. Mayor Bill Sappho said two routes were now open into Wilmington, which had been completely cut off by floodwaters, but those roads could close again as water swells the Cape Fear River on the city's west side. We are still encouraging or asking folks not to come home, said Woody White, chairman of the new Hanover County Commissioners. We want you here. We love you. We miss you. But access to Wilmington is still very limited and is not improving as quickly as we would like. At Fayetteville, about 100 miles inland near the Army's sprawling Fort Bragg, the Cape Fear River had risen about 50 feet wow. toward a crest that was predicted to be more than 25 feet above flood level. On Tuesday, logs and other debris became trapped under a rail bridge as pushing down the water, as rushing brown water uh, pushed against the span. The river swallowed trees, lampposts, and a parking lot near its banks. City officials warned that still rising water threatened some neighborhoods and businesses that seemed safe, but said the worst was, was nearly over and life was beginning to return to normal downtown. Businesses were reopening and owners were removing sandbags and plywood from storefronts. Human and animal waste is mixing with the swirling floodwaters, which have killed about 1.7 million chickens on poultry farms. That's not good, so the price of chicken is going to go up, probably. More than 5 million gallons of partially treated sewage spilled into Cape Fear River over power, after power went out at a treatment plant. And the earthen dam of a pond holding hog waste was breached, spilling its contents a dozen more such pits, which contain animal feces and urine, were damaged. The governor said 16 rivers statewide were at major flood stage and more than 1,100 roads were closed. Emergency workers reported rescuing and evacuating more than 2,200 people and around 575 animals. In a bright spot, the Lumber River appeared to be falling in hard-hit Lumberton about 70 miles inland. Power outages in the southeast also were down from a high of more than 910,000 to about 310,000, nearly all in North Carolina. The White House said President Donald Trump will visit North Carolina on Wednesday to see the damage. Earlier, he boasted on Twitter, right now everybody is saying what a great job we are doing with Hurricane Florence, and they are 100% correct. He warned that the Democrats will soon start criticizing the government response, and this will be a total lie, but that's what they do, and everybody knows it. Well, it's, it's actually true. The dead include a one-year-old boy who was swept away from his mother uh, after his mother drove into floodwaters and lost her grip on him. Oh. Authorities in Virginia said a man was killed Tuesday when his pickup truck was caught in a flash flood. 
And, you know, um, there's there's some video. I mean, you can go and w watch some of the video on there. But there's there's some video on there that is so um, uh, bad. I mean, there's there's a freeway, basically, that's literally underwater. And they actually reported in there that it's like, in, at some places, it's nine feet of water. So, I mean, that's, it's crazy. I mean, that's really, really... Um, horrible so yeah so many times people in these situations will come upon a road that's flooded and they'll think well i'm okay i'm going to drive you know carefully across and don't realize how deep it is and how fast that water is moving um and i've you know time and time again i've read where that's such a problem and, and people get stuck swept away etc and so my would throw that out as a word of caution if you come to a place where there's water going across the road when in doubt don't i mean find another way don't try to cross it where there's water moving across the road yeah yeah it's it's um it's it's hard for sure so I know, um, you know, a lot of you have donated to the Red Cross or whatever relief organization that you want. Um, so you can do that as God leads you to. And, of course, pray for those who are in those areas because, um, God forbid, any of us be in that situation because it could happen anywhere um, and, uh, and all that. So that's a uh, – anyway, thank you for – bringing that to my attention. So tomorrow, Stephen Black from First Stone Ministries is going to join us to talk about his book and also the latest battle that's going on uh, with trying to silence uh, homosexuals who actually decide they, they don't want to walk and live in that lifestyle. Um, so if you know somebody who may be struggling with that, um, have them join our show tomorrow at 4 o'clock. Uh, Central Time, and we're, we'll have Stephen on the show talking about his testimony, the work of First Stone Ministries there out of Oklahoma, and more. So do that tomorrow, and um, hope you guys have a good rest of your night, okay? All right, so if you guys need anything, remember, you can text me, 33222 Bible News. You can join my email list at BibleNewsRadio.com. You can donate over there as well. Uh, you can become a pillar of the community. You can support our trip to Oklahoma. Uh, we're still in need about $700 for that. Um, and we, let's see what else. And if you want Legal Shield or to talk about that and get set up to be an associate or to get it for yourself, then let me know so we can get you signed up. Again, this is insurance, honestly, that you can use every day if you choose to. It's unlimited access to an attorney law firm, and it's only 25 bucks a month. So, can't beat it. And identity theft is nine ninety five a month. Okay. So like for thirty five bucks a month you, you you will be covered. And you get member perks, which are awesome. So contact me. Let's talk. All right, everybody, be bold, stand up and go with God because he loves you. And we'll see you tomorrow. <laughs>